Welcome to the TriTech Performance Podcast, here to help you understand the science behind performance. From experts in nutrition, coaching, and pro triathletes, giving you the advice you need to reach your goals. Right, let's get into it. Uh, this time around, we're joined by Nikki Bartlett. This is before she heads off to Daytona, hopefully, if everything um, <laughs> allows her to. Um, Nikki talks about how she trains and builds into races whilst managing her nutrition and her menstrual cycle and periods. Honestly guys, we don't know how lucky we are and I hope there is some bits and pieces you can take home from this. The beginning bit is always the bit. (laughs) We're away. There we go. (laughs) Yeah, just an easier day for me today. So a two-hour run, uh, a nice walk with our dog and an absolute pouring rain. (laughs) She loves our uh, which is close to us. So yeah, we went for a walk with her. And then just some cool. I love the fact that that two-hour, like... Yeah, easy day. Easy day. <laughs> well, we were doing in the summer like two and a half. Like, if we went to the peaks, sometimes we'd even get a bit lost and end up at three, three and a half. So, two seems very short now. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to be getting anything nice. in at the moment, but yeah, there we go. That's life. <laughs> <laughs> cool beans. So, I oh. am I'm Dan. This is Claire. Obviously, you've spoken hey. to us on Instagram and yeah. emails and whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, basically, what, what we're trying to do with this podcast is try and get some information that we feel people should know, but they don't, they might know a bit about, but they don't really know too much about it and try and get as much of it as we can out there to normal uh, people like us that want to push ourselves that little bit more, but don't really know how to do it um and so we're just trying to get all those bits of information out there so anything obviously around swim bike run all that sort of stuff and further on than that because it obviously applies to most sports as well so yeah there we are that's what we thought and claire mentioned you and it seemed quite apt to talk to you especially with everything that's going on at the moment and where (laughs) your your plans over the next uh just short of a month now yeah, how's it yeah, all going? Yeah, it's coming around really quickly. <laughs> I can't believe it's nearly December, but it's. I love December. We're like planning Christmas decorations and everything now. <laughs> so it's weird because like this time of year you're doing like sponsorship contracts, Christmas, catching up with people, but it's very different this year. <laughs> how is it? How's well, it been very different? How is it different in regards to you say sponsorship contracts and stuff like that? Have you got stuff? Well, what's just, that like? like? Usually, yeah, like it's, it takes that takes a lot of time, um, but it's exciting opportunities, obviously. Um, but it's just doing it whilst you're also in a big training load. Uh, like usually, I didn't kind of do my sponsorship contracts and that rush of end of tax year stress stress fest before Christmas. <laughs> but um, yeah, usually <laughs> like this is like deep off season chill mode. Um, so it's doing it whilst tired and and training for what will be the biggest kind of race in 2020. <laughs> So because, yeah. <laughs> because, that, like, because that race has ended up being in December, has that kind of yeah. m- messed you up in regards to what you would normally do? 
Um, this year it hasn't at all. Um, I, I think they probably will do it in Samarin uh, next year. I think I don't know. I actually have no idea, but I think that's what they're planning to do this year. Um, but yeah, December you'd have to really plan that into to your calendar, and it might make you have a bit of a mid-season break, um, or maybe two kind of mid-season breaks just to, to do the load, especially if you're going to Kona as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, sometimes I start my season in like March, April with an early Ironman. So you mm. might have to really structure around it because you don't want to, especially this race, is going to be absolutely huge and the press around it and obviously over a million dollar prize purse, like the opportunities are very big. Um, so you don't want to be cooked because a lot of time you can get to your end of season, your end of the season race, and then afterwards you're like, I'm done." But obviously, this one's a especially for us training through winter and the shorter days mm. and stuff. You definitely notice a difference, and um, in in that difficulty. So, how do you feel about the distance going into Daytona? There's been, there's been a bit of a talking point. The other podcasts and stuff that I listen to. It's a weird that's... old distance, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really weird. Um, I, th- I personally think it favours the ITU yeah. athletes. Um, mm. And it will favour those who have some good top end for long distance, but probably more so long distance athletes who have good top end, but also come out usually front pack of long distance races in the swim. Um, so I, f- I think it favours those those two types of athletes. Um, it won't favour those who really don't have a difference in pace between Ironman or Ironman 70.3 and this distance. So if, if you haven't got any top end, I think you're going to really struggle. Um, I quite like the race distances. Well, I like the bike and the run race dist- distances. I'd prefer the swim to be shorter, if anything. Um, I'm fine with the swim distance. It's it's more, it's more how many. It's more the race dynamic. Um, 2k for me, that's fine. I'm not bothered about 2k. Um, but it's more the race dynamic of the 4k loops around the track and how that's going to look for say your your back of the pack weaker swimmers. How they're going to come out to say your Lucy Hall and Brandon come out in the front of the swim. They might. Lauren and Lucy might already be a lap around the track and whilst the back end mm. swimmers are coming out and that is where what I can't get my head around because then if those back end swimmers are very strong cyclists and they're coming out and they've ultimately joined the front of the race yeah then how's that dynamic working um because they're saying that they're gonna try and implement that 20 meter draft rule yeah, they have to implement that. But the, but the, the, track, <laughs> the track's 4K. Yeah. And there's 60 athletes. Yeah. So then that gives you a 20 meter draw for 60 athletes, gives you a mile of a train, a mile long, which is going to be spread out over 4K. So it's going to be pretty hard for them. If you go for an overtake move, <laughs> you're going to have to do like a mile's worth. I know. And that's the bit that I'm personally training for because for me, once I'm out of the swim, that's my weakest part done. Um, and if I want to have any part in this race, I need to be overtaking a lot of people on the bike. Mm. Um, so I'm training mm. very much for the scenario of 
I'm going to have to be spiking a lot and I'm going to have to be putting in some big efforts for a sustained period of time. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm training for at the moment. Um, how they do that, I don't know. And they will have to stick to a 20-meter draft rule for sure. Um, I've heard some rumors that they might stick cones out in the inside so that you actually know what 20 meters looks like. So I think that's going to be the issue of most people. They won't, won't know what it looks like. Um, but 100%, 20 meters creates a fair race. 12 meters is still drafting. Yeah. And we all know there's some drafty people out there and they'll take any opportunity to go for the 10 and 8 and 5 meter cheeky dip in. And so making it 20 meters is fair. It allows slightly weaker swimmers to come out and still be in the race. Um, if that wasn't there, I 100% wouldn't be going because um, I think a lot of people take advantage of 12 meters as well. It's not 12, it's 10. Um, but yeah, so. Not, it's not often enforced either, either is it? No. Um, but the, the unique nature Never. of this track, there's so many cameras, not get <laughs> yeah. away with it. So for those who do like to have a little bit of a free ride around on the bike, which there are uh, some pros who do, um, they won't be able to do this in this race. So I have to bike honestly. And, you know, there are a lot of very, very good runners in, I'm just going to say long distance triathlon because that's who I've raced against, who can pull out a really fast run time if they've had a bit of a free ride on the bike. So I can't wait to see for everyone to come off the bike, having ridden fairly and honestly, and everyone having been knackered to the same capacity um and how everyone runs off that it'd be really interesting um but yeah it's going to be if but i i truly believe there's probably only going to be on the female side i reckon a maximum of 45 athletes turning up anyway <clears throat> okay and that's just through uh just dropouts and yeah. i'll say injuries in air quotes yeah you can say that people <laughs> who just don't fancy it some who just haven't been motivated to the current training um yeah so so i think it'll end up being about 45 athletes whether 45 is still too many we'll have to find out on race day yeah, oh, so it'd be interesting watch for it yeah, yeah i'm looking forward to it and that's yeah. what it's creating it's creating a lot of talk which is great for the pto and challenge daytona um i've heard the pto are going to put an amazing show on with uh, the media um so so it's kind of playing if anything the whole talk is playing into their hands because it's creating a bigger event for them which is great because that's what they need yeah. they need that's why it's good some itu athletes were invited because some itu athletes have actually raced 70.3 before um yeah, and that will create more media attention because they're involved and then you're going to get a load of let me quote underdogs who want to also come towards the top ends of the field. Um, so that that's what it creates, that dynamic and that talk. And, you know, will <clears throat> athletes be able to be on TT bars in the aero position for an hour 45, hour 50? Well, I don't know how long it's going to take. Um, I watched Lionel Sanders' video last year, and it's from last year's, and he said him and his hamstrings are just on fire just from being in that constant position. As Has everyone got the capacity to handle that um, and then do 18k which is going to be faster and how grand a 112 half marathon off the bike a couple of weeks ago like that is like that is just insane running and you know you've got Spirit, you've got Hall Lawrence you've got loads of other Laura Phillip loads of other fast runners so yeah it's going to create a really interesting dynamic for sure it's yeah um really interesting 
G, yeah, we know Georgia Taylor Brown. I don't know if, if that's been said if she's going or not. Um, but I have heard that she doesn't have a TT bike. So if she was to go, she'd probably be on a road bike. I don't think that, she's going there. No, I don't think she's going to go. <laughs> heard Lucy Charles is potentially injured, maybe. I don't know what that is, but she's maybe recovering something or she's got niggles. Um, yeah. So I don't think she's going. Um, so yeah, but it'll be interesting because I, I thought with Lucy having that sh- that swim that she's got, she could have been getting out in the front pack with some of the ITUs, and then it would have been interesting to see what happens on the bike. Um, yeah, it's gonna be really interesting, like how like because because they're gonna be so strict about the twenty meters. Everyone's, I'm sure, everyone's gonna be pretty frightened by the because if you get in a five minute draft penalty, that is the that's, that's race over, that's gone, it's, yeah. it's literally race over. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I mean, uh, if you probably have heard, but obviously, the PTO, one of their biggest and most amazing parts of this race is that they've allowed athletes getting paid from 21st right through to so, say there's 45 of us who end up racing, all those athletes get paid two and a half thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, I have heard that. Yeah, um, which is great because that covers your finances going out. Yeah, but on the other hand, it does make you then also want to finish because if you get a penalty, you're not you're not going to because you could be just be like, oh, what is the point? Um, that's if you've got high aspirations in the race. Um, but yeah, so that it will allow people who've got penalties to finish. But yeah, people are going to come out, and so say you're coming out. I don't know. Say I'm coming out of ten people from the swim. Um, you're going to have to do the fastest transition of your life. And then you want to get away because you do not want to be at the back of, say, 10 people, 20 metres apart pace line. So that is going to be a nightmare. That, that's quite an interesting yeah. thing. So have you, have you been practising ITU style transitions? Um, I, I'm, when I don't have to put loads of clothes on with all the UK races I've been doing, <laughs> um, I do have quite a good transition. We have practised. We have been doing some British Triathlon Mar- Mallory Park days and my transitions have been good there where I've just literally got to put my helmet on. But it's, it's, I struggle when I'm coming out of the water that cold and I've got to put gloves on, arm warmers, coat, like which I have been this year with Halvan and an Outlaw X. Um, oh, yeah, I bet <laughs> that, oh my God. Yeah, yeah I bet that was freezing. Horrendous. The thing is, it's, it's just about staying calm in those because as soon as you start rushing, that's when a shoe will fly off your bike or your elastic lace will come off. Or oh, I've been there. Yeah, same. <laughs> I've been there, done that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll be as quick as I can to get out because I, I also don't want to be taking... I also don't want to be pacing a 20 meter pace line. Well, yeah, um, like you say, if you get out yeah. with 10 of you and you're at the back of the queue, you've got 200 meters to, you're sitting on a train 200 meters long or straight away. And so, that's the um, parity we haven't had as athletes yet, or I certainly haven't had as an athlete. Um, we haven't had the clarity on how you overtake, how many, because obviously an Ironman or challenge race or like there's a set, is it 25 seconds? I don't know what it is. Um, to overtake yeah um but is there going to be slightly longer passing opportunities because it's going to be such a long way um mm. is there going to be like a separate lane to overtake on i don't i have no idea so that's kind of stuff they're probably working out at the moment of how it's working hopefully you'll find when do you head out there uh well our flights got cancelled um about a week and a half ago classic <laughs> go on um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah so we have purposely not booked quite yet just because we're going to wait i think just to get our v- visas come through because the pto is sorting all that out 
But um, until we have them through, none of us can travel out there anyway. Um, but we're probably looking to go out on the Sunday or Monday uh, going into race week. Um, I know Ruth Astle's racing it and she's already out there, isn't she? She did on yeah, already out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Signing yeah. it up. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're out there getting in all the rays. <laughs> we're like, look at ours. Oh, it's pitch black and it's three o'clock because it's that Oh, long. yeah. And it's been miserable today. <laughs> and it's well. chucking it down all yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> Make it tough. Wish you were here. No. <laughs> so, okay. Um, let's get into your build up to the race because that's what we were chatting about in regards to um, speaking to females and seeing how you deal with training and racing and menstrual cycles and the physical and mental side of things uh, that surround all of that and what you have to do as a pro or what you choose to do as a pro when you're leading into a race and how you work that um i know oh, it's a it's, it can be a bit of a, a sticky area and like come i'm no expert on it whatsoever but coming from uh where the things that i have learned especially when my wife was pregnant and that's where my i'll call it a fascination with the female anatomy started because what she went through through childbirth and being pregnant was ridiculous like it's it's kind of like you're aliens in a way that the, the, the amount of we your are, body really. that changes <laughs> and the, the stuff the stuff that goes on and how how you how your anatomy actually physically changes going through all that stage that's what sort of started the interest with me on the female anatomy and then getting involved with uh, training and coaching and listening to a lot online and how the hormonal imbalances affect your training cycles, basically. We yeah. are basically aliens for, for two weeks of the month. You know that, right? Yeah. That's six months of the year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's something I've always been open and honest about because I think it's important to be open and honest about natural stuff in life um it's quite timely actually because i came on last night a few days early um which i'm hoping it's not going to then be early again because otherwise it could clash with daytona um but yeah like it's something which has really affected me in the past and this year has been a little bit different 2020 imagine um it hasn't affected me that much this year so like i came on early last night I had a, a really tired and couldn't quite get top end on my um, time trial on Thursday night. So that could have been why. Um, but usually I, it's almost game over for me when I come on my period and I've got a race on my second day of, of the time of the month. Usually yeah. it's just too painful, too heavy and just don't want, I can hardly bear the you pain. You just don't want to move. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's really bizarre because I think I've done like five or six Ironmans now. And I reckon 80% of them, it's been on my second day of my cycle. Oh. It's like, how? It's, like, I'm not even joking, you couldn't write it. Like, no. like what is going on? Um, so I'm on Lanzarote last year. I came on a week early. So that okay. I'm on Lanzarote was on my second day, the worst day. And I was like, it's game over. Like, I've been here before. It's just, and it is, it's almost like a management day. Um, but I've started taking, oh, what's, what are those tablets called? Back to nothing. Can Google search it whilst I talk? 
Thanks. So yeah, I started taking <laughs> tablets, um, a sports doctor recommendation, um, and obviously the fine on, fine on, fine on our drugs list to be able to take. But it's basically ta- a tablet for reducing inflammation and can help with the pain. Ah, awesome. Um, so that helps massively. And I haven't, actually, since that race, I haven't actually needed them. My time of the month hasn't been as painful. Um, but I managed to take them of every four hours through the race and that helped. But what didn't yeah. help was obviously in, tran- in T2, I was like, I'm in a lot of pain. I just need to sit down for a bit. So I quickly got changed because I get fully changed in Ironman as well. So I quickly got changed, which I can get down right to a T in that I think it's generally quicker for me to get changed and not because in my shorts, I have everything I need for the run. So like my nutrition, my uh, sunnies, my watch. So I can then do all that on the move. Yeah. Um, so anyway, everyone blamed my slow transition because I got changed, but it wasn't. It's because I went to the toilet and then obviously needed to change <laughs> uh, for the time of the month. And it was just so painful. I just needed to sit down, just apply pressure on my stomach just to kind of try and release it. And yeah. literally I lost four or five minutes in transition, but I was basically in the toilet the whole time. Um, but yeah. that kind of stuff, no one understands. Cause then I think yeah. the first time split on the run was at 10K and everyone's like, oh my God, Nikki's lost five minutes already to this person in second. And everyone was stressing <laughs> out, like you need to hurry up. And I was like, if that person's put five minutes into me like they must be running literally like a 35 minute 10k for the first bit off the bike oh yeah and that's it, slow yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's what i mean that like, they must have been going really fast yeah and then that's when i was like ah no one's taking into account my transition yeah um, so then i just chilled out after that because i was like well they can't be running at that pace because they will blow <laughs> yeah um so yeah so i ignored that but every, yeah everyone starts stressing but yeah those are the kind of things that has that's how bad it's affected me before like yeah I lost five minutes in transition and you know the pain like there's parts in the race I had to back off because I was like okay I need to let this pain settle for a bit um and then the extra faff of carrying some painkillers with you is something else to think about and then changing some heavy and yeah and yeah. but yeah th- this year I don't know why I've I haven't really had much pain which is sod law since I've had no races as well. <laughs> did I see? Sorry. Did I see that you changed your diet though this year? Um. So, well, not. I didn't want to change my diet, but I had to. Um. Through just through initial stage of lockdown, really. I really well, I've had it for the past couple of years. Just really bad, uh, sporadic stomach pain. Um. So I then went on a low FODMAP diet for a bit. Yeah. Um which I was obviously advised by our sports nutritionist in the EIS. So it was done all safely and properly. And yeah, I had to go on low FODMAP um, intake. Uh, so it, that could have played a part. Um, yeah, it could definitely it, play a part in terms of inflammation. Yeah, because sometimes if you just change, like, I don't know, I, t- I don't know if this is even true, but I read someone say took out dairy leading up to when they were due on and stuff, and that helps or... You know, mm-hmm. there's certain things you can take out of your diet or put in, which will help. I think um, everyone, yeah. sort of, when it comes down to that, everyone's individual, aren't they? And it, oh, that's it, absolutely it depends, yeah. completely yeah. depends what works and what doesn't work for you. But eating but more foods and staying on, like, the fresh side of things obviously has more anti-inflammatory properties within the food. So, obviously, if you improve the your process, diet, yeah. you're potentially yeah. going to help yourself when it comes to pains as well. Yeah, and key point i think for the whole of this is that 
if you're ha- like you it's not okay to not have your period as well yeah. um yeah having your cycle yeah. you need to go to the doctor and just have a chat with someone um because i have in the past had no periods for literally three or four years when i used to be um a rower i didn't have them for like three or four years and then lo and behold i ended up dropping out the sport because i kept getting stress fractures yeah. shock <laughs> shock horror um, yeah shock yeah and since i've had my periods every month very pretty regular um so yeah so i think anyone listening to this if you haven't had them uh go and get go and speak i think, to I think that kind of leads me on to the, one of my questions so have you so you're self-coached at the moment right uh facts <laughs> 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 has written my program Ish. like this summer but she's not coaching me because she's like no it won't do anything for our relationship you're self-coach or yourself and i was like you've written my program now for about three months <laughs> all right so sort of self-coached but in the past have you discussed your period with your coaches yeah um so i was coached by rob tutum for like four years um uh, until this summer and yeah he was you could talk to him anything to him about it and he knew how much it affected me um there was points in my training where I had to just there was a bit of a, a point of the month where I'd be like okay this is our ideal structure of the week but I know I'm going to be on on one of these mm. days and this is where yeah. we could switch things up if need be so like if I knew so if I like if I had a, a regular cycle where it was really painful on day two then I didn't want to put a, a really big key session on that day because I just wouldn't maximise it. Um, so I'd then put loosely like a, maybe a recovery day or an easier day. Yeah. Um, but then there's also po- points where I've had really bad pains, say 9am to 12 in in that period of time in the morning where it's been really painful, but actually in the afternoon I'm all right. So it's also just being really chilled about it and being like, do you know what, I just need to chill out. Because if I'm stressing, then it's going to make it even worse. And actually, later Absolutely. on, today, I'm okay and I can hit stuff really well. Like there was one uh, really big build run I, I was doing at, leading up to one of the many Ironmans I've planned this year, but it didn't happen. Um, yeah, so uh, I had a really big build run. And I was like, I need to get this. So I just chilled out for a bit in the morning, just did it later, and had like probably one of my best ever runs. Um, so yeah, just being really chilled on yourself as well and just having a lot of flexibility. Um, because yeah, the, it might be really painful that day, but it might be okay later that evening. So with your uh, monthly training program, do you tailor that around your menstrual cycle as well? So in regards yeah. to where your hormones sit and what sort of, let's just say running, what sort of running you're doing. So you save the high intensity for a certain time and the 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 more low intensity stuff for another time um luckily this month like today was my easier day so it fell nicely um but stacy sims has got a book out called raw and she kind of done because i'm not no sports science or anything um so highly recommend that for anyone to get not just females but males to get or coaches um and it goes into how you can periodize your your training around that period of time but then that's relying on you being um you know on time on time the month completely regular yeah yeah it was completely regular <laughs> yeah but some people like there was there has been periods of time where I like I could be anywhere within a week a week and a half 
of coming on. Um, so then that becomes really hard to plan. But there are there is science to support, I think, heavy loading at cer certain points of the month. And yeah, definitely certain sessions of the month. Um, yeah, sometimes I can tell if like, like yesterday, I finished, we did a tempo run in the morning and then the swim and like literally I was in bed for like five hours. I was like, I am knackered. Got up and I was like, oh, there we go. Time of the month. <laughs> um, so sometimes you, you just, yeah, and I was going to do some gym that evening and I was like, nah, I just need to chill out. <laughs> um, that's why I did it yeah, today. It's good, it's good to listen to your body as well, right? Yeah, because sometimes like, yeah, science can say you can maximise a strength session. So say, yes, sir, I could have got to maximise the strength session. But actually, if you're that tired, then how do I know I'm not going to just, you know, be stupid and trip over the weight and hurt my ankle or something? I don't know. That yeah. kind of stuff. Like, you have to actually be aware of how you feel away from science. <laughs> of course. Yeah, of course. That, that obviously yeah, comes I mean, back to why you do quite a lot of your runs without your watch or looking at yeah. pipes, shall I say. Well, that's it. I am. That is me very much. I don't do much with my watch <laughs> i do my key, like the key bike sessions so twice a week i will have data on the key bike sessions um i've just started using heart rate because bex was like right <laughs> and my that, that, re coach. that really <laughs> you're not me. coach i know but once a week i've started wearing heart rate but um i, I would on the zwift tt on the thursday night but to be honest i have a right nightmare every week just getting that whole system just not locking because it's sometimes like trying to read so much different stuff it then throws you off the race <laughs> i've had that right. happen before. so that's why i don't wear heart rate for that otherwise i would wear heart rate for that um and then on the run um yeah probably i don't want uh, so if i'm doing a track session i won't wear a watch i have my stopwatch running so because if i've got a track session and the whole total run time has to be don't know what was it this week one hour 19 for some reason um <laughs> i have my stopwatch just going so that i know i've done one hour 19 by the end of the run um but i wouldn't have it like so i'm not looking at my splits or anything on the track um is it does anyone stand there and take take the splits yeah, that, yeah. so if i didn't have that so bex was there taking splits but um if i didn't have that there then i would be taking splits yeah because i obviously right. want to know my rep times um so yeah so obviously bex was telling me my splits um, and then so I'd you're interested you're interested in the data afterwards but at the time you're not not fast uh yeah so like yeah i'd want to know that because yeah if i was doing because the session was 10 by 1k with 200 meter float um so obviously i don't want to be doing one 1k at 340 the other one at 310 i want to be consistent um yeah but to be honest because she was timing me and someone else i couldn't really hear her for most of the reps but um, but yeah, it came out as they were all within two seconds of each other, so that was good. Oh, that's um, nice. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty good, just on feel. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then I do most of my stuff to feel. Uh, but then, yeah, yeah, 100%. But then I, if, if I was on my own, I would just lap it and lap it. Yeah. So that I wouldn't be like, you know, 200 metres in, looking at my watch. Because also on the track, I don't even know if Garmin, does GPS even work? I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah, my, my GPS does yeah, work so. on the track. Yeah, it's pretty close. The only thing that it does sometimes is give me elevation. <laughs> I don't know how that works. <laughs> I don't know if <laughs> it's going to be flat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then like on a tempo run, like yesterday I had, was it today? No, yesterday I did a tempo run, I can't even keep up. So then I'd have it again. I'd need my splits then for that because um, it was a build tempo run as well and because the increments weren't that different I kind of need 
that data, that feedback from the Garmin to be like, yeah, this is the next stage kind of thing. So with that information that you've got, have you found, I don't know if you've looked back or anything, but if have you done like a similar session, 10 by 1K, when you've been in um, a certain phase of your cycle and then done 10 by 1K when you've been like on, as you say, and have you noticed a difference? Has there been a difference? I don't know. No, I haven't looked at that. Um, I would probably notice a difference if it was either the day before coming on, the day of coming on, day one and day two. Like those would, all those four days would be different to three days after. Yeah. Um, and is that, that difference, is that physical difference as in you can't push to that top end, like you said, or is it feeling different? I think a bit of both, like yeah. top end and like, I just feel like I'm, I get really bloated. Like, and yeah. if I've got pain in my stomach, I can't focus on anything else but that pain. It's that painful. And I'll get yeah. cramps and I'd probably have to do the 200 float, not as a float, but as a walk, kind of like putting pressure on my belly. Can't do that, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What else? Do I sweat more or anything? I don't think I sweat more. I just sweat loads anyway, all the time. Yeah, so do I. But I find yeah. that I, I, I sweat more overnight which is oh yeah well Night for a sweat. few times yet <laughs> yeah. That's why I, I did like this month's been absolutely fine for me because usually i get two or three complete when well, need to change the bed sheets because i'm that sweaty That's um but i haven't had that this month so there's no indication of coming on so i was like oh what's going on here and i was like oh right um but usually yeah that's a that's a i'm coming on this the bed sweats and yeah. i killer in the summer hotter. yeah i do feel hotter at that first or second day as yeah. well and um, which is a nightmare if you're doing a hot race. Um, yeah, it's a real so nightmare. If, yeah, so for, for that, for example, like you, you're going through, say, bed sweats, you're sweating a lot at night and stuff. Do you yeah. take that into consideration with your nutrition if you're training and racing the next day? Yeah, are you, yeah. Are you like, oh, obviously, everyone knows precision hydration. Are you like banging a little bit more back because you've sweated more at night? I'll probably just have more high, just pure fluid. Um, I'm not a heavy salt sweater. Mm. Um, and I kid you not, I, I genuinely don't think I could meet someone who could sweat more than me anyway. Like, literally, I'm so sweaty. Like, I, I, could do I reckon it. I could challenge you. No way. <laughs> that people believe <laughs> they can, then they see me sweat and they're like, nah, actually, no way. Like, My turbo trainer literally has a puddle next to it. Yeah. Like, I could do a two-hour turbo session, need two or three t towels um, in the session. <laughs> We need a we need a sweat off. Yeah, I need a sweat. Yeah, off. How do we organise that? <laughs> yeah, like even today, like we're doing a long run, and I just like my my hands are always freezing. So everyone takes the mick because generally, like today, I was so I ran in a vest today, but my hands are always freezing. So I had big thick winter gloves on. I, I'm yeah. exactly the same. I have to keep an eye on the temperature because once it gets below about ten outside, I have to wear leggings and gloves. Um, yeah, yeah uh, is it Reynolds? The old yeah. Reynolds, Reynolds kicks in, and that's it. My fingertips go numb, and everything. Oh, yeah. I hate it. It's horrible. I'm the same. And as soon as that, if especially in the race, if that's if I can't feel my hands, then I literally I'm not with it in my head, and that's me. That's I'd have to drop out. So I can't believe like I, or whenever I do a cold race, I always say I'm never doing a cold race again. But like this year, I've done Halvellan. 12, 13 degrees lake water, came out like an ice block, couldn't even get my wetsuit off. 
And then Outlaw X <laughs> exactly the same. So Outlaw, I've actually <clears throat> discovered what works for me. So I need to put gloves on, but heated pads all in the gloves. Mm-hmm. Game changer. And then pads in my shoes. I do um uh, done a couple of winter duathlons and stuff like that. Obviously, the swimming normally ends, doesn't it, this time of year? But yeah. one of winter duathlon, I'll still be sockless on the run. I, I just don't like wearing socks anymore. So sockless on the run. And then on the bike, it's, yeah, a bit of tinfoil over the toes, some oh, toe nice. covers, some toe covers over the top of the shoe and stick a pad inside the shoe as well. Oh, it's perfect. Toasty. Yeah. Because, like, like, literally for me and, and, and obviously sounds of you and anyone else listening, it gets cold. If I'm cold, I can't. Like, at Halvelen, I literally, I think I just moaned the whole bike because was, it was eight degrees. We'd just come out, considering the lake was 13, eight degrees. I spent that long in transition trying to put stuff on that it got even colder because it just took so long. Like, who knew putting arm warmers on wet and freezing cold would take, like, two minutes? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, and then I got on the bike and, like, I can't, like, I literally can't use my quads properly. Like, I'm just, like, push, oh, nothing's coming out because I'm just that cold. Um, so yeah, every time I do one, I'm like, I'm not doing another cold race. <laughs> you live in the UK, you're probably going to have to. Yeah, you best get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> so when when you uh, you said earlier that you hope right at the beginning that you hopefully don't come on or nearly on when you get to Daytona. Yeah. So are you kind of hoping that you're going to be? Because it just before just before you're coming on, you're in your follicular phase. So then you're gonna be pretty pumped, to be honest. You're gonna be buzzing for that, aren't you? Yeah, so that if I haven't come on, then I should be good because um bar Thursday I couldn't really hit any top end. I was feeling really good Tuesday. And actually I was I was feeling really good up to after our CSS swim on Thursday morning. <laughs> and then after that, I was like, well, <laughs> but then it's really hard to judge as well. Cause I am in a really big block of training, which will end in the next week or two. Cause I'll then go into taper for Daytona. Yeah. Um, so it's hard then to also be like, Oh, that's why I found Thursday night really hard. Cause I came on, but actually I'm really tired at the moment. Um, so with, yeah. With that added, like the stress, the stress from training and then obviously the stress from your cycle as well. We're trying to figure out where you are, whether you're tired because of the the training load or whether you're tired because of where you're sitting in within your cycle. Can you tell the difference? Yeah, sometimes I can. Um, I'm pretty good at reading my body. Um, like today I was meant to have a key brick session and I was like, no, nah, it's just not happening today. I just need to switch my Sunday and Saturday around. So hopefully I can maximise it. And I do feel way better today than I did yesterday. So I feel like I'm actually motivated and pumped to go and smash out a good brick session. But had I had to do it today, I'd have just been like, like moaning my way through it. Yeah. (laughs) And having excuses and whatever else. So I I know sometimes you just... Okay, so yeah, we're getting rudely cut off there via Tinternet. Um, One thing uh, that I was... Uh, there hasn't been any research that actually proves there is an there is an upturn or downturn in performance when you are on 
or when you're just about to come on as far as I'm aware? Yeah, I think the lack of research is because every bit of research that's been done, they've discarded female data because we are a bit like an alien entity to them. So they yeah. want they want that standardized kind of subject and we're not, we can't ever be. So I think somebody sometime is gonna to have to do some research, but I how serious think, it's um, taken. Yeah, it depends on person to person, but also age, like um, for instance, uh, we do some runs with Lisa Gossage and she said throughout her career, um, it never really affected her. It wasn't like painful to the extent she couldn't perform or anything like that. But now she's getting older. She said she's noticing they get more painful or, you know, I just, yeah, there's some people gets worse of age. Some people gets less of age. Like, yes, yeah, so I think it depends person on person. And Absolutely. Yeah. So you could get, you could get 10 of you exactly the same height, weight, you know, ability but hormones and your way your body response is completely different. Yeah, the methan, methan, methanic acid. Methanemic acid. Yeah, that's it. I can't pronounce it, but that's what I take. <laughs> okay. Take, um, I'll, I'll just be, uh, maybe speak to your doctor or whatever before just to cover my back and say, don't go and yeah. take something or whatever. Nicky Bartley told me to say this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, personally, they work well for me. So is there anything else that you take? Just that with some paracetamols or something, if it's really bad. Um, but I haven't had to do it for the last year, which has been nice. And a shot of Jaeger. <laughs> yeah, just have a Jaeger bomb, go and do a session. <laughs> oh, oh, oh uh, yeah, that is something I sometimes take. Our nutritionists advise that we take iron with vitamin C. So, first, oh, what's that one called? I've got it in my drawer. I'll find it. But yeah, so, so iron supplements, which um, have vitamin C in because you need the vitamin C to absorb the iron. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ferro grade C has iron and vitamin C in. Um, so these you can just pick up at a pharmacy. Don't know if you guys can see that. Awesome. Okay, so, uh, um, it's that, well, obviously your nutrition's on point. That's, um, I'm lucky in that I've got support because I'm also a uh, guide for visually impaired athletes on the British triathlon um, system. Yeah, so, I that. that's pretty cool. That, yeah. yeah, yeah, really cool. But obviously with that, I get the support from the practitioners. So uh, obviously nutritionists, psychologists, physiologists, everything like that I get access to. Um, and yeah, it's just something you need to be aware of, especially the amount we put on our bodies through training and stuff as well um you just yeah if you're getting something wrong it can easily lead to an injury so yeah. with your iron intake is that just something you keep um like as a routine throughout the whole of the month or does that follow your cycle as well um i try and keep it routine because i'm also a vegetarian um oh my god so that's like yeah so so i <laughs> you've just blown dan's mind <laughs> why are you anti-veggies <laughs> no i'm not i'm not it's just that, that, that alone, but say say let's just say let's take the whole this let's take the whole female thing out of it and let's just say <laughs> you go veggie and you want to achieve x um in sport whatever sport it is there's certain things you're going to have to hit um macronutrient wise yeah to be able to give your body the best 
possible chance of achieving what you want to achieve. So then becoming or going, becoming, it sounds like you're changing, but going veggie, um, you're going to have your nutrition and what you eat and the varied diet that you're going to have to take on to get that whole matrix of proteins and carbs and stuff like that is just, it has to be, you, you have to be quite meticulous with what you're taking in. So that, that on top of everything, obviously, obviously as a, you're, you're born a woman, you go through this whole life being a woman and you know, no different. And that, that is, you just do it because you're doing it. But for me, it's like, boom, like even thinking about being a vegetarian is like bad enough, but thinking about being a vegetarian and worrying about, oh, I've got a race in six months time. So am I going to be on? And I know there's some some females out there that would play with their cycle to a point that they're in a particular phase that yeah. month for when they're racing. So then they're in a higher point of hormones at certain points. So they could potentially race better uh, and try and work like, that into their training program as well, alongside everything. Yeah. So like when I'm regular, I guess that is something I sit down and have a look at. Um, you know, it's, you know, there's one race, I can't side say between two or three races, one, one consecutive weekends, but I'll be like, I'm definitely not on that weekend. So I'm going to go to that one. Um, for me, I don't plan it around a phase. I literally plan it to just not be on. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, like not being on as a bonus, but like when I start then taking into account traveling in the air, that can throw my cycle off a lot um like Lanzarote like I'd been regular for like six months seven months since the winter and then I come on a week early for my key race of the year like what that is <laughs> you can't write it can you like so traveling can affect it a lot as well um so I generally I disregard like I'd love to be able to plan okay that phase is going to be perfect for me but for me it's just just not if I can get to a race and not be on, because sometimes I'm every three weeks as well, which is just a logistical nightmare. Oh, that's crazy, yeah. I don't know. Um, Pre-lockdown, I've gone through a really nice every four weeks um, with not very much pain, which is sort of law of no races. But, but that, um, you saying that makes it sound like it's kind of all that stress-related that sort of changes your cycle because you're not worrying about massive. getting to races as much and stuff yeah. like that. Stress is a massive part of it as well. And, mm. you know that's been stress has been related to stomach issues this year as well um but yeah uh is something i have to think about and obviously being a vegetarian is is a is a factor in that you, i've i do have blood tests regularly with the with eif sports doctor um and i do have to be careful on my own levels because that's a classic one just to shoot shoot down with being vegetarian but also like vitamin b your b12 levels um you have to yeah. be aware of um so yeah you just have to be it, it, like i'm lucky in that i get bloods done through our practitioners and a sports doctor but there are other places you can go to I think it's a company called fourth edge it's fourth yeah, edge, fourth edge. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough, yeah that's not a sponsor plug because they don't sponsor me but they obviously take bloods <laughs> very simple i can remember they did used to support me with some testing kit I think it was just to try out but it was it was i can remember it was really simple they send you the kit and then i think you um prick your finger and take a bit of blood send it back um in the post it's a very simple process but 
highly recommend because we, we put so much time and emphasis on the swim, bike and run. But if you're not getting the nutrition right, then you can get ill, you can get injured, you're not maximizing your performance. Um, so it's a massive part of which people don't, sometimes, sometimes people just be like, ah, well, it's like SNC as well. If I'm like too tired in the week, I'm like, oh, SNC will come out, <laughs> which is just not good at all. <laughs> Um, but it's a classic one as well. Like, oh, I don't like, you know, you, you, you make the excuse you don't have time, then suddenly you're not having the right nutrition and yeah, you're too tired to do a session because you haven't had the right nutrition. So it's definitely something to take into account. I wouldn't say it's some people, I'd say it's quite a lot of people, especially when you when you're talking along like age groupers, definitely. The the yeah. diet is probably so much focus on how many watts you could put out on a bike. And <laughs> how fast like oh look how fast i ran that 400 at the track and stuff like that and then they they straight into mackie d's on the way home or something yeah but uh, yeah, yeah convenience food i've I've always said that it's um it's a free the way i look at the nutrition is it's a free session that's the way i look at it and that's how i try to put it across like it's literally a free session if you can nail your nutrition for a week it's like ha- doing another session basically um getting an extra one in and it's gonna it will make just as much difference oh yeah definitely um yeah i highly recommend if you're not maximizing that that part or you're listening to some of this and being like oh god yeah i'm feeling exhausted all the time i you know go get your bloods taken because you might just see you know like i had mine done and everything was all right in my bloods but my um vitamin d was horrendous apparently um so yeah started to have to address that because obviously not getting any at the moment. <laughs> that, that's that's very very common in the northern hemisphere. Yeah, most yeah. most people in the U. Well, I think I think ninety nine point nine percent of people should be taking vitamin D. Yeah. Obviously, on the advice of your GP. <laughs> Cover our back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like it, it, you'd be surprised. Like a lot of your answers on how you feel can just come back from a simple blood test. I um, think Thriver Thriver do one as well, don't they? I have no idea. Um, yeah, I think they do a thing that sim- sounds exactly the same, like a fingerprint prick yeah. like test. Yeah. I mean, you'd easily go and spend 200 quid on inner tubes and your tyres or whatever, but yeah, go and get a bit of a blood test and it. Eat your carrot. Yeah, eat your carrot. And rather than <laughs> Mackie beans. Yeah. Okay, so after after let's move forward after Daytona what's obviously you're going to fall into a bit of a winter block I guess yeah I've got another key race of the season what this year (laughs) yeah it's not a key race but you know anything is a key race isn't it at the moment (laughs) it's a race it's a key race um yeah I've got uh, our county 10k championships the weekend after Daytona so I'm going to do that I'm an houring whether to do Ironman Florida 70.3 which is the week after Daytona I want to play out there, yeah. Yeah, but just with, we don't, we're not too sure and don't have great clarity on insurance or anything like that at the moment. And just staying out in somewhere which is rife with COVID just doesn't sit well with us. Yeah. Um, and there is a lot of risks. There's a lot of yeah gambles with doing that. Um, and we haven't seen family for friggin' months, like six months. Isn't stupid. So I want to come back and because like counts ten k champs. Like I finished Daytona do county 10k champs the weekend after so that's what six days of recovery or whatever so i'm gonna barely be doing anything anyway just a few jogs so i'll just go and see family and 
and do that and hope to get a good time around. I don't, don't actually know what I could do for 10k. I wouldn't have a clue. Never done one. <laughs> um, Never done one fresh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I've done them in training plenty. I think you'll beat mine. You got to beat your... mine. Uh, Thirty-nine forty-seven. Yeah, I'll probably I'm not telling a... you mine. <laughs> Let me ask my non-coach Bex for her prediction. Never done one. Oh, great one! You meant to be, you know, in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Around thirty-five minutes is my go- is my goal. Oh, I'd love. To, yeah, I need to knuckle down. <laughs> it's it's all about speed work. I do a lot of speed work. Do do you? I was going to ask that actually. Yeah, yeah, I do a lot of speed work. Um, I think now you just have to you have to have so much speed. Like the sport is just moving on rapidly. Like seventy point three. Like it's just crazy the watts and the speeds you go at on the bike, you know, obviously the swim. There's so many people coming over from ITU to the swim as well. So you've got your standard front pack long distance kind of swimmers, and then you've got your ITU coming over. So if you're down on that part, which I am, um, then you've got to be very quick on the bike and run to even play a game. So yeah, so the, and the speed's like, you know, in Daytona, you need, to, I think, the front 10 athletes. I'm just going to say this on a half marathon because I don't even know what... I think it's 18K. Yes, 18K. Yeah, so aiming for half marathon off the bike, you're going to have at least 10 girls who can do... An hour. At least, at least a 118 half marathon off the bike going to Daytona. Yeah. And then you've got your, your Anne Hauk who can do a 112, who she's, which she's just done off the bike. And then your Spirig, God knows what she's going to do. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's quick. <clears throat> and then those athletes are then stepping up to Ironman and, and soon you're going to be at a point where unless you're running sub three hours off the bike in a marathon, you just got no chance of even trying to win a race. So that's the speed level. So unless you're training speed, you ain't going anywhere in, as a pro. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so do do a lot of speed work and, and yeah, you need it for sure. I think that's um, like you say, that's been a massive shift over like the last four years or so, isn't it? Like quite a lot of them moving into the seventy point threes. Like you see Christian uh, Blumenfeld moving into the seventy point threes. That was last year, wasn't it? Bahrain, I think. Yeah, um, that's who won it in twenty nineteen World Champs. So it's so, like yeah, and they're ITU guys, and they've got a like a good swim on them, and yeah, and now all of a sudden they can sit in an aero position and smash the bike out, and they've got they all run the five k in 14 odd minutes and less so it's uh yeah it's yeah it's just getting quicker and quicker and quicker and it as as we've seen with kona and yan with that yeah. the actual the full kona time just come every time it comes down yeah it's just the sports just moving on at a ridiculously quick pace and unless you're keeping up with with it in a lot of speed work um like yeah we've been doing all our sessions for so all my track sessions have been at a 34 10k kind of pace um 34 minute 10k pace uh so off the bike i'm hoping i i believe off the bike i'm in 120 half marathon shape now um gonna have to probably push those bounds if i want to even break top 10 at daytona gonna have to be quicker than that and be coming off the bike with one of my if not my best ever bike performance needs to be at daytona um but the shorter the 80k suits me more. It's just whether it's enough time for me to catch up my losses on the swim. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but the shorter the bike the bike distance at the moment the better for me it needs to be one way or the other it needs to be like yeah my 80k or it needs to be the 180k right. <laughs> um, the in between is no good yeah in between is no good i've got like the shorter speed or i need that duration to put loads of time into people <laughs> um yeah is where that's where my bike is at um but yeah it'd be really interesting time so yeah i'll do the 10k and then i'll be on my off season and then <laughs> somehow try and plan 2021 <laughs> yeah we're all, we're all thinking about that like we've um it's harder for you guys i generally think it's gonna be harder for age groupers personally so basically for anyone who doesn't know as a pro you pay your pro license at the beginning of the year which is a thousand dollars or something um, but then you can enter as many races as you want. Um, so this year, like most races just got outright cancelled. Mm. Whereas then there was mm. some floating ones around which were um, pushed back like Portugal. So, so say for instance, next year in June, our aim to be Ironman fit in June. And then I'll go to whichever European race is on. Um, but then I'll probably have the option of say six or seven European races, which I can just uh, sign up for and yeah. go to so that's why I think it'll be slightly easier for us to plan because we can just be fit for a month and then hopefully one out of the seven European races will go ahead and we can go to but you guys have got a book and pay and to be honest aren't they all sold out anyway oh, well, a lot, no, of, them, a lot think... of people have rolled over from this yeah. year yeah so how so so I don't know how do you got what what are you guys doing <laughs> well the, you say that the a lot of them I don't think many of them are actually fully sold out. Like there's a lot that have rolled over. So they're like 70%, 80% gone. Mm. But it, it seems like that last 30, 20% isn't really being taken up much. I think quite a lot Not of people yet, anyway. have had their hands <laughs> burnt this year because they've entered loads of races and quite a lot of people haven't even had refunds. So they're, yeah. so they're just not entering races. But for me next year, obviously the BTF came out on, was that Wednesday or Thursday? Uh, yeah, this so week yeah this week sometime yeah sometime this week and they released all like <clears> the uh, age group like the european and the world qualifiers for for us lot um and they're sitting they're allegedly set in stone so it'll be interesting to see what happens as we get closer because there's the etu sprint qualifiers which will be in may um and then again i think there's a british champs which is in September again, so they're following the same dates as what they've yeah. followed in previous yeah. years. But if they happen or not, twenty twenty in twenty twenty one. Yeah, hopefully. Well, we'll see because I mean I'm not I'm not entering anything. Yeah. Before next summer, uh, <laughs> I've got stuff I've got stuff in mind, but I'm not entering it just yet <laughs> because I, think, I don't want to lose the money. That's the thing, isn't it? Is the yeah. bit like because obviously my first one I booked up this year was I'm on South Africa. And literally, we were, I think, five days away from flying. That's when everything initially just, because that yeah. was like March time. Yeah. Um, but we're still claiming back on that for our insurance. So, so now, we, like, even Portugal, so that got cancelled three weeks out. Um, but we purposely didn't book flights. Um, and kind of what, why we're sitting here in Daytona and not booking flights quite yet until we've got our visas through. Um, mm. I'm 99% sure it's all going to go fine, but 2020 has not been a given year, so I'm not no. sure that that's up. But, um, but yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty confident it will all go smoothly. But um, 
but like we've learned this year to book accommodation which is free cancellation literally till the week before um so even if like you're contemplating races maybe just book up some accommodation which you can cancel the week before the race because that's usually the if you're going abroad that's usually the faff of we've actually no because even how felon like we booked we entered Helvellyn when the PTO was supporting the race. We entered it 10 days before. Yeah. We could not get accommodation anywhere. Like, we were, like, 40 minutes out drive. Um, so even if you're, like, oh, I want to do that race, but I'm going to wait until near the time, maybe look at booking accommodation, because that's what goes, and that is a nightmare. The perfect race prep, what I normally do is to get up on the morning and drive. Obviously, uh, not, not, obviously not that far. But I'm in Essex, so stuff like Windsor and whatever, uh, all around the M25. And if it's within a couple of hours, I just drive on the day. Yeah. And then I don't have to worry about it. But I get yeah. there with tired. <laughs> I get there with knackered legs. Oh, tired. Knackered. Can't race. <laughs> yeah. You, you sort of get out of the car and you think, oh, I've got to start in about 45 minutes. Like, oh, no. <laughs> but yeah, it's fun, isn't it? Yeah, we'll game. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we've learned this this year to be uh, adaptable and go with the flow. <laughs> also, I also saw. Um, let's talk about your your running in lockdown as uh, Spider Man. Yeah, so uh, try and cut the long story short. Uh, we went into lockdown, and I was like, right, what can I do through this period of time, um, other than the obvious? And then I was like, oh, Bex. I'm going to go on Amazon and look at some costumes. She's like, what? Why? And then she goes to bed way earlier than I do. So I was up scrolling, looking through Amazon. I was like, costumes are expensive. I was like, because at first I was going with Mr. Blobby. Mr. Blobby is £51. <laughs> How the hell would you run in it? That's, exactly. Uh, there we go. But I did, at this point, I didn't know I was going running in the costume. Um, so then I thought, oh, Spider-Man's the cheapest. Why would you buy a Mr. Blobby outfit? <laughs> just sitting there. That's, that's the training gone to your head. Like just sitting there in the middle of the night, like, uh, yeah, I'm just, I really want a Mr. Blobby outfit. Like, I'm really fancy that. And because I was on really low volume training, um, I really wasn't, didn't matter what time I got up the next day. So I was going to bed really late. It, I got well out of routine and lockdown. Anyway, so Spider-Man came and Bex was going for, we, we always do this uh, call on a Thursday called Breakfast Club through lockdown because we usually do it in real life, but we can't. So Breakfast Club was going to be at 9am. So we went out for a run at 7am and I was like, I'm going to wear Spider-Man. Bex was like, oh God, this can be so, what, why? <laughs> anyway, the response was amazing. Like everyone was smiling, beeping their horns, like just like really happy to see me as Spider-Man. So I was like, there we go. That's what I'm doing. So I ran every day. In the initial lockdowns, so the, the stage where we could only go out once a day, I was like, that is my thing I'm going to do. See if I can spread some joy. Um, I bet uh, that outfit I, stunk. Uh, well, no, it had to be washed. <laughs> and it got to a point that it had to be washed twice because um, I sweat obviously loads. And it yeah. got really warm in lockdown as well. Like, there's one run, it was yeah, like it 30 degrees. Um, so I ran for every, so I was, I was doing like a proper run program anyway. So, like, in sessions, like, I would go in anything from, I don't know, half an hour of running right up to two hours of running and two hours in it because it's got gloves and everything on and I had to pinpoint some holes in the eyes and mouth just so I could see a little bit. 
but like people are just like buzzing and, and then we ended up getting birthday requests obviously not to go in the house but to birthday go. requests yeah so like <laughs> we live in a huge estate so like people like so i didn't know our estate had a facebook page and and then i got okay we came out and our neighbors were like have you seen yourself all over facebook i was like no so we joined the page and people literally were like oh my god i got to see spider-man stay ourselves and people were requesting what time i went out in the end <laughs> like it's spider it's my son's birthday and he'd love to see spider-man we're going out for a run at one o'clock we'd love to see him so i'm like well i'm gonna have to go out for a run at one o'clock <laughs> um, and little things like that so so it worked and, and oh, yeah that's I, brilliant. I think i clocked up 43 hours of running with spider-man spider-man suit. Yeah, spider-man yeah. <laughs> so that was that's my little crazy and then I did the um, Everest challenge on Zwift for charity. Oh, the um, bike ride. Yeah, I did that. I oh yeah, I know I know exactly when you did that because one of my friends did that and I was doing something the day after. Oh, were you? Yeah. What were you doing? I ran on my treadmill on Zwift <laughs> for 24 hours. <laughs> Jeez. Do you know what? <laughs> I think I remember that. Really? Yeah, I think Crazy I remember man. seeing it or someone posting about it. Because I, I think I remotely remember thinking, I'm exhausted. Thank God I'm not that person. Right. <laughs> Doing a marathon on a treadmill. And then I was like, mine's way easier than that. Like, Everest way easier than what you did. You think? Because I have yeah. thought about... I thought about doing 24 hours on a bike. But um, I, I think that would be a lot easier than the run. Because the run... I don't train for distance. The longest I go in my in my... Uh, training is uh, half marathon I use like when I'm into training I run a half marathon every Sunday like easy but but yeah like going from that to then running on a treadmill for 24 hours without the only time I stopped was to go for a wee but then like to do that it just ripped me apart like after after the third marathon I was done like I was I was battered I don't yeah literally like I could not do that there's no way I could go well, I could, but I'd have to end my season there. <laughs> yeah, like I've done. I don't think. Oh, it's quite bad because on on the Monday, like that was uh, that was the Friday into the Saturday, three o'clock Friday afternoon till three o'clock Saturday afternoon, and then I had to. I was helping my dad out at his house, uh, doing some bits and pieces, and all my I didn't have a car, so I only had my bikes. So then I was riding. Uh, it's 25k to my dad. So that Monday, I was riding to my dad's and back for like two weeks. Like so, yeah. I had one day's recovery before I was back on the bike. And then after that period of like two weeks of riding the bike, I was like, I feel really good. I feel really good. And I started running again. My legs are like nine. Like running nine. that impact, like way easier, I think, still on the turbo because like you can just spin your legs for a bit on the turbo or just like not pedal. But that's thing with the Everest challenge. Like once you did the climb. The only reason I think I managed it was because then the avatar just descended and I got off the bike. I'd have my legs up on the wall. I'd be eating pizza. There's one stage <laughs> I even went for a shower and came back down and then got back on. Like, you were just constant. So def- definitely that was harder. See, but I wouldn't be able to do that on my turbo because if I stop pedaling, I haven't, my turbo doesn't do, obviously, the resistance. So if I, <clears> even though it's direct drive, so if I stop pedaling, my avatar stops, even if I'm going downhill. So I'd have to change my, I'd have to change my turbo. Yeah, you do. yeah, you do because even mine, I can get the the, the tuck thing. It just keeps going. Yeah, I, could, I, I might do that if I stop pedaling. Right. I see it game over. 
Oh no, you need to get the top going. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely. thinking there's a couple of hills near me, but they're not big. And I was thinking of Everest in one of those. Um, we were talking about it the other day, actually. We, we were, yeah. yeah. So uh, I quite fancy. Yeah, that's I, a good. I, I quite fancy doing it. Yeah. To have goals, like if I think everyone at the moment, uh, right, even from like this block from now till Christmas, to have a goal. It's yeah. This this weather change, like the darker nights. So that, mm. yeah, if you can get, well, then it's hard to plan because it's like can't even meet up. We can't even plan. Oh, six of us are doing it. Oh no, we can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'd be good. It'll be, it'll be interesting. Get some goals down. Obviously, we've got. Uh, that's what TriTech is. Like TriTech was sort of <clears throat> invented, um, or sort of or, while I was on the treadmill actually, but um, because I was on my on my Jack Jones on the treadmill like 24 hours i was like why is no one with me but um yeah like august time because we're not like, mad yeah august time <laughs> I, like we made the club it's a complete online club claire was the first member of the club and now we've got um like pretty much a dozen people all around the uk and we chat online and we've got facebook groups and whatever and we were sharing information and we've all got kit and everything yeah. and yeah it's all good it's happy day so yeah that's what that's what that's what we're about but yeah yeah pretty cool yeah very but, cool. um yes one one thing i did want to jump on before we all end um we did a podcast a couple of weeks ago i don't know if you know him there's a guy called stuart george. Who... oh i thought you were gonna say george foxen oh you know <laughs> you, you know george. george yeah i know george <laughs> well george is any, post, any post i put up and i'm not in my arrow position he's like nicky <laughs> <laughs> I want to go and see him once I get my bike back. I'm gonna go and uh, gonna go and see him if I'm allowed to go and see him, and then uh, yeah, see yeah, if he can. Yeah, hundred percent. But um, our friend uh, Stuart from the Swim Queue. I don't know if you know who they are. He um, he's a swim coach. He put yeah. us in touch with George. He's friends with George. Okay. Um, he's got a friend that's um, uh, suffering with cancer. He's just been diagnosed with cancer and we're doing uh, like a little uh, charity money raiser thing for him on the 24th of November. Okay. Uh, I think we're doing, uh, what is it? 24, uh, 20, 24, 24 minute K or 2.4 K yeah, or 24 something. Yeah. yeah. 24 something. And then posting the link around and trying to raise some money for him and his family because yeah, he's in pretty bad shape to be honest. But um yeah, so uh, yeah, I wondered if you'd be interested in if that fits in with your schedule. <coughs> interested in getting involved or posting it, it on social? Is it twenty-four of anything? Yeah, it's two-four. Yeah. So two point four. You can do two point four k if you fancy it. Yeah, I'm sure I'm doing two point four or something that day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. Gonna, I, I can, um, and I'll help share around. Yeah, for sure. I'm planning to run to my parents because it's exactly 24k from mine. So I'm just nice. going to do an easy run to my parents. And hopefully, I've got my bike and then I can ride it back. But we we'll wait, awesome. we'll wait and see. But yeah. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, we'll. Uh, so thank you so much for coming on and having a chat with us. Yeah. Thanks, Nikki. This has been great. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Keep in touch and let me know when it goes out and I'll give it a share. We'll. Uh, Perfect. Uh, I wish you all the luck for Daytona and I'm trying to figure out how to watch it. Um, it will. They're putting information up for sure. Um, when that will be, I don't know, but it will definitely have a big viewing. 
I'm, um, I'm, uh, yeah, I am, uh, I'm Nikki for the win. <laughs> I think um, there's a no, no there's pressure, a few, no pressure. No I've, pressure, Nikki. Come on. I've, I've, um, I've just remortgaged my house and uh, I'll definitely be giving it my all. <laughs> That's I can't all wait. We ask. It's gonna yeah, be awesome. <laughs> Wicked. Thanks Thank you so much on. for coming on. Thanks, guys. Oh gosh, it's been great. Thanks. Have, Thanks, a, Nikki. have a great rest of the weekend. And you. You we'll too. You soon. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Absolutely massive respect for Nikki coming on and being so open with us um, I hope everyone learned something if you still got questions you're more than welcome to fire them our way or you can find Nikki's contact details her social media Facebook and whatnot in the uh, show notes you're more than welcome to get in touch with either of us um, if you want to have a chat about anything um, apart from that I think we need to wish Nikki good luck in Daytona and hope that she absolutely smashes it. And cheers for coming along and giving us a listen, guys. Speak soon.